familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Just how passionate are you about breastfeeding? Do you consider yourself a lactivist? Perhaps you proudly use this term to describe yourself. Or perhaps you're hearing this term for the very first time. So what exactly is a lactivist? And what impact does it have on the breastfeeding community? We're the Boob Group. I use a breast pump. I hand express milk for my baby. I exclusively breastfeed. I use a nipple shield. I breastfed after a C-section. I use a milk bank. I breastfeed in public whenever I feel like it. I pump at work. I breastfeed with a cover. I breastfeed twins. I give my baby bottles. I made my own supplemental nursing system. I supplement with formula. I talk to my baby while I breastfeed. I'm breastfeeding as a survivor of sexual abuse. When I have extra milk, I share it with other moms. We are equal. We are the Boob Group. Welcome to the Boob Group. We're here to support all moms wanting to provide breast milk for their babies. I'm Sunny Galt and I'm leading today's conversation with a few other moms, which you'll meet in just a second. If our show has helped you, that is amazing. That's what we're here for. But please let us know by leaving us a review on iTunes. This is the best way for other moms to find out about our show. So you can go to the rating and review section and you can either access that through the podcast app on your iPhone or if you prefer to have iTunes opened and to listen podcasts that way, you can go to our podcast page on iTunes and again, look for that rating and review section. If you like listening to our show, then please be sure to check out our free apps. It's the best way to listen to our show on the go. And our apps are available on Apple devices as well as on Android, Google Play, and Windows Phone. Okay, so let's meet some of the moms that are joining us today in our conversation. I guess I'll kick things off a little bit. I'm Sunny, and uh, I moderate a lot of these shows. And I'm a mom. I have four kids of my own. At my oldest is five, a boy. I have a three-year-old boy as well, and then I have twin girls who are about two and a half years old. I am proudly still breastfeeding. Uh, my two and a half-year-old twins, most of the time tandem breastfeeding them, um, and very proud of it, and very proud to be part of our conversation today. So let's meet some of the other mamas joining our conversation. Let's start with Alicia. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and your family. Hi, my name's Alicia. I'm a mom of four. I have daughters 10 and eight years old and sons uh, six and three. All four were breastfed different lengths on each, whatever worked out for us. But um, I'm excited about the conversation today. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being with us. And Moon, African Moon, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your family. So I'm a mother of three. I have an eight-year-old daughter, a four-year-old son, and a five-month-old son. Uh, Both my elder children breastfed for um, three years each, and 
my youngest is still going strong at five months. Love it. Awesome. Thanks, Moon, for being with us today. And I do want to get our expert involved here. We usually introduce the expert a little bit later on in the show. But Jody, I know you're a mama as well. So I would love to know a little bit more about your babies who are probably grown by now <laughs> and your breastfeeding experience. Well, I have three sons, and I like to say I breastfed them in the good old days when there was no shaming or things like that that happened, and I so treasure that, but I did. I breastfed them all extensively, um, and my youngest is now 11, and I am a lactation consultant in IBCLC, and I started my private practice about seven years ago, and so I have a wide range of support that I can offer to all moms. But breastfeeding is not easy, just so you know. <laughs> I, that's right. Not always easy, but in the end, it's always worth it. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah. All right, ladies. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. <coughs> Sound familiar? <coughs> if your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. All right, so before we kick off our episode today, we found a news headline that uh, I thought was worth repeating. You guys know Adele? Yeah. Seems like you can't turn on the radio without hearing something from Adele. And now it kind of looks like she had like a little Q&A um, that was happening in uh, one of her concerts in London. And somebody asked her about breastfeeding. And... She had some choice words to say. I don't know if you've ever seen any interviews with Adele, but she um, kind of lets it flow. She's a very real person, and uh, the language is sometimes kind of colorful. So I just want to read to you some of these quotes um, when someone asked her about breastfeeding. She said, quote, it's effing ridiculous, and all those people who put pressure on us, you can go F yourselves, all right? Uh, because it's hard. Some of us can't do it. I manage about nine weeks with my boobs. And then she went on to say, I mean, I loved using baby formula all I wanted to do was breastfeed and then I couldn't and I felt like if I was in a jungle now back in the day my kid would be dead because my milk's gone so obviously this is stirring some controversy whether or not you like Adele's music um, she is in the spotlight a lot of people view her as a role model which I think is why some people are concerned um, when celebrities say stuff like this so just wanted to toss that out there to you guys to see uh, if you had seen some of these comments before if you saw the video that kind of accompanied it I can post it to our Facebook page so you can check it out um, but what do you think of Adele's comments Moon? You know, um, when I first read that, the thought came to mind is that she drank the Kool-Aid. It, it, it's really frustrating. And I understand that breastfeeding is not easy for everyone. But if you have a hard time, instead of downing breastfeeding 
or putting out negativity about it that could potentially keep someone else from breastfeeding um, is aggravating (laughs) because if she was living in the jungle and whatever, as long as she wasn't there by herself, her baby would not be dead because there will be someone there there who is breastfeeding and could take over for her, you know? So the statement itself was complete nonsense. And it's like, well, just because you're having the hard time, don't take that experience away from other mothers. So it was very aggravating for me. All right. And uh, Alicia, what did you think of this statement and, and what Adele had to say? Should she have maybe not said that in front of thousands and thousands of people? Or what do you think? Actually, I funny, I had the same initial reaction as Moon with the jungle comment, because she's absolutely right. There's there would always be someone around to to help with that. So it's not like um, babies struggled that much back then. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I I get the frustration of someone who, you know, that gets pounded into their head that they're failing their babies if they don't breastfeed, and then it doesn't work out for them. But I can see the point about it kind of opening the door to someone else who might not give it the shot that maybe um, they could have to make it to make it work. But we each have to take our own path and you can't pave the way for someone else. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think it's tough for Adele or really anybody that's in that kind of celebrity type status, because there are so many eyeballs on you and what you do. And I'm not sure how many babies she has one, two babies. But, um, you know, she went through that all very publicly. And so people are kind of turning to her for these types of statements. And it's it's kind of not fair to put her, you know, she's probably heard this, you know, people have probably been asking her breastfeeding questions for a long time now, right? And it's possible that she just kind of snapped because, oh my gosh, another question, right? So we really don't know the backstory to all of this. But um, let's turn it over to our expert, Jody. Jody, what do you think about Adele's comments? You know, I don't know. All I can say is I don't follow the celebrity type platforms because I'm just too busy helping moms. One, two, I... I Adele represents a huge part of the mommies that I see in my private practice every single day. And my biggest concern is, you know, yeah, breastfeeding is hard, especially for moms who are struggling. But why are we not giving moms expert lactation services in the community? That's where everything just goes haywire. And, and, And to me, she could have said, you know what, this is hard, there's too much pressure, but what are we going to do about this? Let's do something about this. That's how I see it. And, you know, I, I, I try not to follow any celebrity, but every now and again, I will share them on my Facebook page because moms ask me to. I am their voice. It is hard for some moms. And but we there are there is a solution to all of this. And that's what I hope that we can come up with quickly, you know, as a community of mommies who want to make this work. So yeah, yeah, I I think there can definitely be an upside to this. And that is to show the realism of breastfeeding. Yeah. So anyway, we'll go ahead and we'll post this to our Facebook page. And uh, you guys can check out the comments for yourself and let us know what you think.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today on The Boob Group, we're asking ourselves the question, are you a lactivist? Jody Seagrave-Daly is our expert, and she's also a NICU nurse and IBCLC, an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant, as well as an infant feeding specialist. So Jody, welcome to The Boob Group. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, really. All right. So Jody, you call yourself a mamavist as opposed to a lactivist. So I'm not sure if you made up that term. I did. You did. You made up the term. That's awesome. <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I love it. I love it. So you consider yourself a mamavist as opposed to a lactivist. What is the difference between the two? Like, how would you define those? Sure. So the definition is always murky when it comes to lactivists. But I'm going to tell you about the word mamavist. And and like I said, I created it because I had no other word other than I want to support moms first. And really, I did it because thousands of moms told me the word lactivist is intimidating to them, especially when they're struggling to breastfeed. So I wanted to reach out because we were missing a huge part of moms who are in the middle, who are silent, and and they want to reach out because they have a personal failure that they think because they're not able to meet their challenges at breastfeeding. So that's why I created it. It's pretty simple. But you know, the word lactivist is associated with many negative implications. And I don't want to continue that fear of, you know, what that means. And so I really want to honor the mom first. I want to meet her where she is. And it's my only agenda is to really support her and how she feeds her baby. But I also support breastfeeding without shame, blame, or snark. I don't want that division anymore. I want us to come together. So what would you say is the definition of the term lactivist, though? And I know you have a blog post on this. We'll be sure to link to it. But what is the definition? Do I have to? Well, (laughs) yeah, you kind of do. Well, because we're trying to make the comparison between the two. I don't think it's accurate. Okay. um, As far as how it's depicted and how people um, assume it means negative. I think lactivist is somebody who's really pat, or it should be. It's somebody who's really passionate and wants to help other mothers without division, shaming, and blaming. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it does. So then the big question is, what do you think that the term lactivist is now being portrayed as, or how is it being misconstrued to mean something else? Oh, boy, it's turned into a lot of pathology. It's divided mommies. It's made them feel ways they shouldn't be. Needless suffering. You know, we need to be empowered, although I don't like that word anymore either. <laughs> um, but, but, but can I just say that recently the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine wrote a, bo- uh, a blog about lactivism and the breastfeeding backlash. I think it was like uh, October of this past year. And what they said was very interesting. They said any woman who's just had a baby would probably see a lactivist as the enemy. 
Mm. How can that be? But it's the truth um, in so many ways, not always, of course. But then they went on to ask us all to stop using the word lactivist and instead asked us to replace zealotry with compassion and understanding to meet every mommy where she is. I think the word lactivist or lactivism needs a makeover, and I'd love to help with that. You know what I mean? Make it like a, um, a positive thing. So, All right. Well, let's get our mamas involved in the conversation now. So let's start with Alicia. Alicia, when you think about the term momavist or lactivist, do you, do you really align yourself with one side or the other? Do you consider yourself a lactivist per se? Or what are your thoughts on the term? Um, when I first heard lactivist, my initial feelings were just someone that supports breastfeeding moms. I Listening to the conversation now, it's kind of reminding me of the difference in the concept of feminism when it first came out feminists Mm -hmm. were just supporting mom or supporting women and now it's become like this almost a derogatory title and so I I can see the the shift here in similar in the similar way but to me I still I still feel when if someone would describe me as a lactivist I'm not going to be upset because I still support breastfeeding moms I think now I'm hearing the, hearing this term momavist. I could definitely classify myself as that because I support all moms and whatever decisions work for them and their babies. Um, but I I think I don't have the negativity towards the the term lactivist yet to kind of step away from that. <laughs> okay, and Moon, what do you think of the term lactivist? Do you consider yourself a lactivist? I actually do consider myself a lactivist. I think when it comes to activism in any form. When you're calling yourself a momavist, this is a term that she's put a lot of heart and emotion to, but give it a couple of years and someone will figure out some way to turn that into something negative as well. When you're saying that you're pro-whatever, pro-mom, pro-breastfeeding, pro-formula, pro-shoe, pro-hat, whatever, someone will figure out a way to spin that into something negative. So instead of focusing on what those negative views are, I think we should keep pushing forward. I love the term lactivist because I'm letting you know that if breastfeeding is what you need to do, then I'm going to be that one standing at the street corner with a bat ready to beat anyone who's going to try to stop a mother from breastfeeding. So I love the title. Yeah, and Moon, I'm so glad you brought that up because you're absolutely right. We tend to go through this cycle, right, of terms and what they mean, and they start out with one intention, and then after, I don't know, a few days, months, whatever, you know, um, it means something totally different. And that's exactly what happened to me. I, when I first heard the term lactivist, thought it was the most clever title <laughs> that I had heard of. It's it's such a great play on words, and I love play on words. And um, I have to say that my opinion of this title has changed drastically based on my own personal experience in producing this show and working within the breastfeeding community. Um, I don't think it has you know, that same value that it once had. When I think of a lactivist, I think of someone imposing their beliefs on somebody else um, without regard to 
really understanding that person's situation. That's really unfortunate. I'm not saying that that's what those people are intending to do. But in my head now, that's what that term means. It has a very negative connotation. Um, and I think that that's truly just based on my own personal experience and in, in working within this. But Moon, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I definitely want to bring uh, Jody in on this. How important really, you know, are these titles? I mean, do we really have to pick a side with this? I feel like there's there's enough um, sides when it comes to breastfeeding. Do we have to have our own titles? I am not a fan of any title, really, just generally speaking. But I do know that I can't, as a healthcare provider and as a mom, as as a, I can't be associated with lact, uh, uh, being a lactivist simply because moms will turn away from me. And I need to help those moms. I need to help the moms who are struggling and need someone who is open-minded, someone who has the clinical clinical experience and the collaboration with all of the support people she needs to help her be successful. Do you agree to Moon's point that, you know, we create these titles for ourselves and, you know, the initial idea could be that it's very pro-mom in general. That could, I mean, I don't know how the term lactivist started. I don't know if anyone has any <laughs> thoughts on how it started. Let me know. Um, but that that it starts with one intention. And then because we're, you know, I don't know if it's our own human nature, we kind of become more divisive. Could the same thing happen, in all fairness, with a title like the Momavist? It could. It really could. That's why I'm not a fan of titles. And I, I just made it up quickly. <laughs> not much thought <laughs> went into it other than, okay, I'm going to support all moms. And yes, I would be with Moon yeah. hanging out on the street corner and protecting a mom. You better believe it. Yeah. But I would also be for the formula feeding mommy because we don't know her history. Yeah. I have so many, so many moms who suffer needlessly. Yeah. There's a polarization that exists and we need to figure out as moms take it on our own um, initiative and try to be a little kinder, be more supportive, less judgmental. And I think we'll see a shift occur naturally. You know, we can't change anyone by pounding our fists. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So when we come back, we're going to discuss the impact these titles such as a lactivist are having on the breastfeeding community. I know we chatted about that just a little bit, but I want to explore what those titles mean within the breastfeeding community as opposed to, you know, what it means to someone who um, doesn't have anything to do with the breastfeeding community. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion on lactivism, and Jody Seagrave Daly is our expert. So, Jody, in your opinion, what impact is the term lactivist, or we've also said the term lactivism, what impact are these terms having on the breastfeeding community? And I guess you know, before you answer that, we should define breastfeeding community. So, I view the breastfeeding community as not just being the professionals that work, um, so the lactation consultants and educators, but I view it as being breastfeeding moms people that support breastfeeding, all of us working together to help moms accomplish their personal goals. Sure, sure. It's not just professionals. It's yeah. mommies. It's everyone in the community. Exactly. Well, for me personally and professionally, you know, I'm just a little different. I'm kind of on the outside. Um, I see my biggest concern anyway is in the breastfeeding community, in the groups, in the mommy groups, I see moms telling other moms not to listen to their pediatricians or their OBs, and they place their babies in a position of harm unknowingly. 
And so I want to say again that collaboration is the key to make progress. If we all collaborate together, and of course, that's going to take time. That's that magic. This doesn't happen overnight. It took me two years to collaborate in my local community with all of the physicians, all of the experts I needed to help my mommies win and, and meet their challenges with breastfeeding or any kind of feeding and for that matter. Um, so that's like my biggest um, concern. Um, that's interesting. Why do you think the moms are choosing not to listen to the professionals? I think there are multiple reasons. I think most women are just so angry that they're not getting the support they need. So they have to blame, even though that doesn't resolve anything. And women, other mommies who are breastfeeding really want to help moms, but they're not really experts. And so they give a lot of misinformation. And we see that across the line with all different kinds of conditions on the internet. Um, And there's a deep polarization that exists within the lactation community itself. So that's really tricky. Yes. And Jody, I actually know exactly what you're talking about. I never knew how divisive breastfeeding actually was. I thought that there were pretty much two camps, the people that supported breastfeeding and the people that didn't or didn't even care or was, you know, weren't really part of the conversation. But once you get within the breastfeeding community, you've learned that there's a bunch of different factions even within the community. And I, I actually think it's kind of sad. I, I really thought the community was going to be more supportive in general of each other and each other's efforts. And to say, hey, if you are supportive of breast milk, you're on my side. But that is not what I have found at all. I think it's very divisive, unfortunately, when it comes to am I feeding my baby at the breast? Am I pumping milk for my baby? Am I milk sharing? You know, on the surface, we say all of that is great. But what I find is that it's very divisive. That if you are not feeding your baby at the breast 24-7 or close to it, that you're somehow doing something wrong. And I simply, I, I don't subscribe to that theory whatsoever. I have yet to meet a pumping mom that is pumping simply because she would prefer to pump than to breastfeed her baby. I don't believe they exist. <laughs> That's just my own personal experience here. If you are pumping milk for your baby, it's because you are taking care of your family and there are other needs outside of the home and outside from being close to your baby 24-7 that you have to take care of. And I don't think that is respected enough in the community. You know, by, by not embracing some of these other options, you know, we are prohibiting more and more babies from getting that breast milk. We are prohibiting moms um, from having something that ties them over so at least they can breastfeed their babies when they're home from work. And uh, this is very sad. It's very divisive and very sad. It is. And I don't understand it. But again, I come from a different angle. And, and I do believe there should be one infant feeding team, but that's not the way it works. It's because of education. It's different clinical experiences. It's different agendas. I think I am able to stand firmly in where I am without having to like feel part of the tribe because I have so much experience and it's really good experience in the clinical trenches every day. And I realize I'm really unique here, but I don't think you have, I think I don't have to pick sides to survive. And really it's about surviving within the tribe. Either you do or you don't, or you're silenced. It's, it's the truth. And I do happen to know a lot of IBCLCs who are silent because they fear of speaking up and out and it's just not worth it to them. You know, we all need our jobs. We all have a certain level of energy that we're able to give, 
but it's really bad. And I have removed myself from just about every single group out there because it's just too hard to um, make peace with that for me. So I just know that when I work with a mom every day, I'm doing really good and I'm going to meet her goal. And that's all that matters to me. Right, right. And mamas, I definitely want to get you guys involved in the conversation. So Jody and I have been talking about this divisiveness. I'm just curious as a breastfeeding or pumping mom, do you guys see this as well? Yes, I've seen it with everything, not just with breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. We always try to find a vision to put between ourselves. And I think that's by design. One of the reasons I say that children need breast milk is for that reason right there. I don't want people to say I tried and it hurt, so I stopped and then start giving them formula. I want for other people to realize the steps between I can't breastfeed and formula. There are so many ways to get breast milk inside of our children. And that's an important part. It's important for them to donate. It's important for us to talk about what does exclusive pumping look like? Mm -hmm. What does it look like to be a wet nurse? We have to start having those conversations because this all or nothing mentality is what's hurting our community. It's the reason why the word lactivist scares people because they really feel like if I don't do it or if I appear to someone else that I don't know what I'm doing, then they'll look down on me. And I'd rather be a closeted formula uh, feeder than to have someone look down on me because we tried it and it didn't work. We really need to stop doing these kind of things to ourselves. This is what makes formula companies rich. They're getting rich and we're fighting. So we need to figure out a way to hold each other's hands because the solutions are there, but we're not noticing them because we're too busy fighting. I think those are all fantastic points, and and I couldn't agree more. Um, Just based on my own personal experience, there have been times that I have personally felt you know, again, is producing the boob group attacked by people within the breastfeeding community. And I'm like, why, guys, we are on the same team here. You know, I know you don't agree with, you know, maybe an episode we did or a sponsor we brought on or whatever, but we are here for the same goal. And and I find it so frustrating sometimes. I just, I kind of want to do this little kumbaya moment and hold hands and just be like, why are, you know, we are not each other's enemies. We, we may differ a little bit, but that's what makes us unique. That's, you know, that's just being a different person, right? But we're out there um, trying to help breastfeeding moms. So the more we fight, I mean, it's, it's just like anything you would say, why would you join a team of people that are fighting as opposed to you know, the, you know, you know, Moon, to your point, the formula companies that um, are really making out with this, because who wants to join a team of people that are fighting? Who wants to do that? It makes more sense to go where the piece is, right? So I, I think that's something we definitely need to work on. Um, Alicia, have you seen this, this divide within the community as well? The divide that I see is always breastfeeding moms versus uh, formula feeding moms. Um, being a lay person, I don't, I see professionals all kind of as one group. They're just someone that we, uh, the resources that we have available to us. Unfortunately, usually only the people passionate about breastfeeding are the ones that go for those resources. Those who think that um, formula feeding is quote, the right thing to do. You know, um, there's a lot of people who still feel that breastfeeding is, is gross, which is so sad. 
and it just, as Jody mentioned uh, early on in the conversation, just assigning a lactation consultant to every mom who has a baby would make, uh, would have a huge impact. Just not having those resources available, I think, makes a lot of decisions that didn't need to be made. But I definitely um, still, I still think that the professionals are seen as positive um, resources. I know my, the lactation consultant I use with my fourth baby, I mean, to me, saved saved us <laughs> because it was just a ridiculously bad situation we were in. And she was like the, the angel that came to us in the middle of that. And now people come to me. So, you know, people see me as a lactivist and come to me when they're having issues with their own babies. And I'm definitely not an IBCLC, but I can direct them to those resources. I now have connections within that community that I immediately send them to. But the one thing I tell them is the mom is that you're doing the right thing. The fact that you're reaching out, the fact that you're you know, you're, you're, this is important to you and you want to do that. That's what, you know, and I said, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But the fact that you're chasing this information in order to make sure that you have the whole picture before you make the next decision is really important. And that alone, like takes the stress off of them and, um, you know, gives them that confidence back. But it's so sad to see moms fighting each other in so many ways when, like you said, it, it takes a village to raise a kid and all of us need to be working together. And, whether it's, you know, helping each other nurse each other's babies or helping each other just with the support that's needed to do that. Um, it's unfortunate to hear that there's divisiveness within the professional community, but it's understandable too. That's their world. So you always have, um, you know, you always have spectrums that people are on and we have it in the mom world with the extremists on both sides, formula feeding and breastfeeding. And you have it in the professional world with those who, who have all of that, the information. Right. So we've been talking a lot about titles today, and I'm just wondering, you know, how do we look past all the titles <laughs> and just really try to help breastfeeding and pumping moms without making them feel uncomfortable? Jody, what would you say? Well, I think, um, and this is what I practice every day, is when we put too much pressure on moms and we to exclusively breastfeed in the hospital, and then we send them home with very little expert support in the community, we set them up for failure. I mean, it's just a tragedy. Um, and then I see needless suffering from these mommies as if they have a personal failure because everything went wrong when they were told everything will go right, it's natural, it's X, Y, and Z. And the reality is we have 22% of women who either have primary lactation um, failure and or delayed lactogenesis too. And we need, and this is what I'm trying to do desperately, is to point out all of the things to highlight these this 22% of moms so that they can get better support so that we can increase our chances of breastfeeding that way by minimizing them and saying, oh, you know, you didn't try hard enough or whatever. You gave them formula. None of that is true. The truth is there are women who really need extra help. And so that's what I'm trying to work on next. Okay. And uh, for our moms, um, is there anything that you guys can think of, anything that we can do to just help support moms and not make them feel bad? I think we need to start talking to women before they become mothers 
we need to make the conversation normal about the different ways to give breast milk to our babies. Even if we can't exclusively breastfeed, I think we need to make a point to not just worry about mom, but to worry about dad and grandma and the neighbors, because you can have a mom that's determined to breastfeed, but gets home and has no support. And then she crumbles. We need to work on mom before she gets pregnant. Those are the things that we need to start focusing on. That way, when the baby gets here, and if mom can't breastfeed, then she'll be secure enough to say, I need to get breast milk from somewhere. So yeah, those conversations need to be had so mom knows that it just doesn't have to come from exclusive breastfeeding. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, ladies, for being part of our conversation today. Jody, for being such a great expert. And then also uh, Moon and Alicia, just for sharing your personal experiences and your opinions as well. If you're a member of the Boob Group Club, then please be sure to check out the bonus content for this episode. We're going to discuss ways mamavists and lactivists can work together to support the breastfeeding cause. For more information about our club, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. All right, before we wrap up our show today, we have a question from one of our experts, and this comes from Genevieve. And Genevieve writes in and says, I have four children ages four, three, 10 months, and I'm currently pregnant. Breastfeeding has always been difficult for me as I've never produced enough milk for any of my kiddos. Initially, it was thought to be related to an underactive thyroid, but when my labs came back normal with no meds, there was no change. I have tried pumping, herbs, reglin, and about any old wives' tale that you can come up with. I just stumbled upon the diagnosis of hypoplasia and was wondering if this is in fact my issue. My breasts change very little, if any, throughout pregnancy, and there are about an inch to an inch and a half apart, but are the same cup size. Who would make this diagnosis? And is there anything I can do to be proactive during this pregnancy to help? Or is supplementation just how it works in my home? Thanks so much for any help you can offer. Hi, Genevieve. This is Helen, one of the experts from New Mommy Media. I'm a registered nurse and a certified lactation educator. So I've helped many parents uh, prepare for breastfeeding and then navigate breastfeeding once the baby's born. And I want to thank you for your question. Hypoplasic breast syndrome is something that a lot of medical professionals haven't really uh, familiarized themselves with, although it's estimated that as many as one in a thousand moms deal with some form of the syndrome. So I think it's really great that you asked the question. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about what's going on when a mom has uh, this syndrome. So hypoplasic breast syndrome can also be called IGT or insufficient glandular tissue or tubular breast syndrome. These are all synonyms for the same thing, which is essentially a insufficient amount of milk-making cells. Basically, your milk factory is smaller than it should be. And as you can imagine, this causes a decrease in milk supply. And it can be pretty frustrating because just like you, a lot of moms with hypoplasic breast syndrome try all the typical things to get their supply up, but they just have so few cells that the things they try aren't really effective. So your doctor or your lactation consultant is going to make that diagnosis of IGT. Just be sure your physician has a background in women's health because a lot of physicians aren't familiar with this syndrome at all. So the things that you can do to kind of be proactive and prepare 
or to have an unmedicated birth. And this goes for everybody that really wants to concentrate on having a really great start to breastfeeding. Nurse often and on cue, start pumping uh, day three or so after your baby's been born. Breast compression, this is a really great way to increase milk supply. This goes for everybody. Just while you're nursing, while you're pumping, place gentle pressure on the milk ducts to try to empty them as much as possible. You may uh, also check into the milk banks in your area. Your physician or your pediatrician can write you a prescription for donor milk and you can access that donor milk supply. You can look on the website, hamana.org, H-A-M-A-N-A.org for a list of milk banks in your area. And remember that there's more to breastfeeding than just food. If you do need to supplement with formula, remember that still putting your baby to breast has a lot of different benefits for you and for your baby. So keep up the breastfeeding. Even if you're supplementing, you can still have a very successful breastfeeding relationship. Okay, good luck. All right, that wraps up our show for today. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, newbies for newly postpartum moms, parent savers for moms and dads with toddlers, and twin talks for parents of multiples. This is The Boob Group, where moms know breast. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.